0: You put a thousand people in a room that, that identify as wrestling fans yes a thousand people of that thousand people 10 percent of them are going to be hardcore wrestling fans so let's define what a hardcore wrestling fan is for the purpose of this conversation because everybody will have a different opinion my definition of a hardcore wrestling fan watch every week is somebody that's watching every week yes. that's following it on social media that's investing time you know, communicating with others, you know, on Reddit or whatever the case may be. People that are just immersed in what's going on. 10% of that thousand people are going to be that fan. Yeah. 90% of the people are going to people be people that watch occasionally once a month, twice a month, they'll check out the big pay-per-views. They'll get excited about WrestleMania. Um, they'll maybe go to a house show, you know, a WWE live event uh, once, twice a year, maybe. I'd rather have 900 of those people to build my business on an appeal to than a hundred of those people who are so invested in my shit. And you can't appeal to those 900 out of a thousand people that are considered to be casual wrestling fans, well, People on. that enjoy wrestling. They'll watch it when they're home. You know, if there, if there's not something else on television, that's, you know, maybe in the, during the NFL on Monday night football, you're going to probably lose that audience, which WWE does. Typically every year when NFL starts, WWE takes a hit, but their core audience is still significant enough because they've appealed to those 900 people and not to the 100 people. And and, and let me finish. And the creative that you embrace and you use as your strategy, if you're going to, if the design of your creative is to appeal to those 100 people, you're never going to get the 900.
1: Some big take off on his 83 weeks podcast that we're going to dive into here in just a little bit. This is GKW, Good Karma Wrestling. I am Gabe Nitzel along with Brian Rowitz from ESPN West Palm and pleased to be joined by the WWE European champion, Jonathan Hood, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. Um so we start there because I mean that those comments from Bischoff CM Punk fired back at him it, it really caused a lot of debate online this week about his criticism of the storytelling in AEW. So I guess where we start boys how do you feel? Do you feel that this is a fair criticism coming from Eric Bischoff who obviously has his his own history and and has been involved Ever since AEW's been – he's been on AEW programming since they've been around. He's been on WWE programming since AEW's been around. How do you feel about this criticism, fair or unfair, from Eric Bischoff?
2: Well, I I think that there's a couple of things that come to mind. First, Eric Bischoff was part of WCW and also TNA and failed in both. There was some success, but ultimately – was not be able to to lead those companies to where they want to be as far as being a long lasting meaningful company. I mean, everyone has ups and downs, but when Eric was in charge of WCW, at the end it went down and it collapsed and it was in, it closed. With TNA, he also had an opportunity to do some creative, and it didn't work out well under Dixie Carter. So, but I will tell you this, guys. I he also think did that he, he ever start?
1: Did he ever start when he was because when they did the whole bland brand split? Didn't they hire Bischoff yeah. to be like the SmackDown creative director, and then he actually like never started that job?
2: Uh yeah, and that's why his podcast is called Eighty Three Weeks. He was in the job for actually eighty three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, or, or actually, in, in this case, actually, his podcast is called Eighty Three Weeks because that's when Nitro was beating right. uh, yep. the WWE Raw. He actually was in the job in the WWE for I believe three or four weeks before he was. Yeah, it going. wasn't long at all. Yeah, that's actually the way it is. But but here's where I think he's right. And I've got a lot of issues with Eric over the years. But here's where I think he's right. I think I've, I've, I, after our show last week, I was thinking about it, guys. And here's what I was thinking about. You know, clearly AEW wants to be an alternative to the WWE. They want to be WWE light, which has been the problem with a lot of companies over the years. And you can say that about TNA and other companies. They want to be just like WWE. And that didn't work. I like the AEW's trying to be themselves, but I think that as a show, we can't keep beating our heads, you know, our heads against the wall saying, "Hey, wait, the the masses don't know what ROH is. Hey, the masses don't know what New Japan is." But, be, but clearly AEW guys is trying to be able to take care of the hardcore wrestling fan, not the WWE fan. And I like if that's how you want to do business initially, that's fine. But Eric is right, Gabe and Brian that you actually wanna be able to cater to everybody, bringing everybody into the tent, more so than just the average wrestling fan that knows everything, all the smart fans. I think that you that you actually should try to expand it as much as possible. And I don't know if that's a long-term plan, but for right now, it's about guys like you and I that know about Ring of Honor and New Japan being part of the AEW umbrella. Well, yeah, so I agree with what you're
3: saying from that standpoint. What I don't agree with Bischoff is, I don't get how ripping the storylines is a thing. Like, storylines is what AEW has been built on. We've talked about it. You know, the whole MJF, Punk, Wardlow, that storytelling is some of the best we've seen in wrestling. And if he's going to compare them to WWE, who's drawing close to two mil every week, the one thing we rip them for the most is their lack of storytelling. Like, their storytelling right now is Roman Reigns good. He beats a lot of people. And then there's not much else. So it's hard to put those two together. But I do think there is something to the fact of AEW maybe being a little too inside, but 900,000 people every week is still impressive for a company. I think what you have to, I mean, the one thing you have to
1: remember through this entire thing is AEW is still so new to this. Like that's the thing for me here. And I think you have to cater early to the fans they're currently catering to. And you still have to build up trust in that base. So I think you're still going to look at this and look, I think it's very clear that AEW wants to expand that. That's how we get a pretty terrible debut from Satnam Singh, right? Because they want to expand (laughs) and appeal into, into the India market, which is something the WWE has done as well. So I think they're, they want to try to expand it, but you don't want to expand too big. You don't want to go too big, too fast, too quick. That's how you fall flat on your face. And to be fair, I mean, not every AEW story is perfect. Like, I'm, I'm finally glad one of the best things AEW has going for it is the BCC, the Blackpool Combat Club. Like, it's such a fun – but they're got kind of, after they formed and after they got Yuta, Wheeler Yuta, into the group, they kind of just were aimless. I mean, it was cool to sh- see them show up yeah. and kick ass every week. But now it seems like they're going to be involved in the feud with the Jericho Appreciation Society, as we saw last night. So now that makes me excited. Okay, now they're going to have an angle. They're going to have a direction. Um, it was kind of the same thing with CM Punk early on where he was knocking off these dream matches. Like there wasn't really much buildup with Darby Allen other than both of them wanted the match at all out in Chicago. So we got it and he was wrestling every week, but then he got some stuff he could sink his teeth into Eddie Kingston, got to sink his teeth in with MJF. And it seems like AEW just kind of eases these guys in and then eventually builds a storyline with them. And the biggest issue I guess I have with this though, from, from Eric, to to your point, Brian, what's the best storyline the WWE's had in the last six months?
2: Brock and it's Roman? Roman Reigns is Brock and Roman. That's the only storyline yeah. of me that's really meaningful.
1: Yeah, I mean, so I mean, Kevin Owens is entertaining, but I don't yeah. know if if his you know his his calling out of Stone Cold Steve Austin leading up to WrestleMania probably dragged down for maybe a little too long. But right now his feud, well, I find him entertaining because he's Kevin Owens and he's like To me, can get just about anything that WWE creative gives him and get it over. And by the way, Kevin Owens, I think was probably my favorite feud of this Roman Reigns championship reign. Like that feud was fantastic. Um, But the whole thing he's doing with Ezekiel Elias, you know, is he like that's not quality storytelling. Now it's funny, it's comic relief that you get over the course of three hours, but. WWE right now is wandering aimlessly with no real stories to tell as we saw with just one championship defended this past weekend at WrestleMania Backlash. Now they had some fun matches, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of the AEW format, isn't it? Where you have some fun matches. But AEW has also found a way to keep their their championships kind of relevant, especially once they hit the pay-per-views. And that's the one thing AE- WWE is really struggling with now. What do they do with Roman Reigns? And I know we're going to get into Roman in just a little bit. But I think the storytelling in WWE needs to be buttoned up as well. Now they've got, you know, 40 years, 50 years of a fan base to fall back on. So they've got that cushion where AEW doesn't have that and they need to build it.
2: So I know people that are listening to this podcast are wondering, so why are these guys hammering the story as so much on the show? Well, the WWE or AEW or New Japan or whatever wrestling show is no different than The Sopranos or The Wire or Breaking Bad or whatever. We are locked in in this male soap opera uh, because of the storylines, right? Anybody can have matches, right? What like are my favorite AEW's- things, one of my
1: favorite things to do, J-Hood, is when somebody goes, why do you watch wrestling? You know it's fake, right? I'm like, yeah. You know what else was fake? Game of Thrones, and yet you were on your couch watching dragons every week. All right, like, yes. let's just calm down and, here for a second.
2: And, and usually naked. Usually, <laughs> that's usually that's the that's where you can find a Wait, game the of dragons. the dragons or the people watching? uh Yes. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> so I mean, so that's the reason why we watch, guys, is because it's about the story, right, Brian? I mean, that that's what it's about. And, and so, AW, hey, we've seen a lot of dream matches. We've seen a lot of matches, right? So I just don't want AEW to get into where NXT was. As good as NXT was, they were light on story. Um, sure. and, and so that's a, that's an issue. Like, we, we, could, we see Tony Khan talk about, oh, this is going to be a dream match. It's a dream match. OK, great. But where's the story? At some point, you'll run out of matches and don't have enough story to be able to connect it. Stories connect matches. Matches make moments. And then you are able to tell a great story at the crescendo of a cage match, whatever the blow off is, right? But wrestling is not meant to have great five star matches for just a regular Wednesday night and then maybe one on Friday and then have another one Wednesday. And then because after a while, those will burn out storylines, stretched out storylines to build to something is what wrestling fans, I think, in the majority of them want. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. But I think in terms of AEW, I think, you know, we're all
3: on the same page. We want that long-term success. We want them to be an alternative, mainly because I think it pushes WWE. Like, the closer they get to that 1.7 mil, the more WWE feels that pressure, the more they tighten things up. But that can go for another few more years. Like, the thing I looked at, being the elite, which basically built AEW, that was the one thing that took everyone behind the curtain, that got that rabid fan base. That is that, you know, that small core, that inner core that Bishop talked about they only have 520,000 subscribers on YouTube. They've only got four episodes that have ever topped a million. So AEW has already grown that fan base because they're doing 900,000 every week. AEW is putting together good pay-per-view numbers. AEW is selling out shows like Forbidden Door without even announcing a match. So I think the way Bischoff you know, framed it, it sort of made everyone feel like the sky is falling. But if you're AEW, if you're Tony Khan, you're happy right now. Like there's really nothing wrong with AEW. Yes, it might be a few years down the road, but I think overall, like they're winning in life right now. What are you,
1: what is your, since AEW's inception, what's your guys' favorite? And I know I'm putting you on the spot. We didn't prepare for this, but your favorite AEW storyline since the company's inception?
2: My favorite AEW storyline, uh, gosh. I'm, I, why do I keep thinking about CM Punk? I keep okay. thinking about him.
3: Yeah. I Punk and MJF. Yeah. Cody and Dustin. Yeah, like that wasn't. I don't even know if they're on TV yet, but Cody and Dustin with a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, they didn't That's have TV,
1: but that was yeah. yeah, yeah. They built that up through you know being the elite, and 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 then that was on their first actual pay per view. Right. All in wasn't technically an AEW thing. Double or nothing. The following year was their first pay per view before they started TV in October. Um, I mean, I've I've really enjoyed. The uh, Mox and Kenny Omega feud um, that they've, they've gone back to a couple of times. But my favorite one is probably um, Hangman and Kenny. Yeah. Like from being a tag team to splitting up and then the long chase that, that Hangman had. So it's it's obvious to me that they can tell stories. It's just figuring out how you can get more of that mainstream appeal. Or appeal. But again, that takes time. And WWE, I, right now, WWE doesn't really have that. You know, where, you know, you, you have some people that have that appeal that we've talked about where, you know, um, with uh, way back when The Rock, but Sasha Banks, you know, making appearances in The Mandalorian. AEW hasn't established themselves. And the other part is being in, AE, in WWE, they've opened doors to different people, whether it's The Miz doing WWE studio movies or Triple H doing WWE studio. Like it, they opened that door for acting, for other people to pursue that I think kind of brings in more of that casual fan as well. Where AEW, the people that are in AEW right now, they're not that. You know, the, the The Jericho Appreciation Society uses the word sports entertainer and they <laughs> automatically become heels in right. AEW because the people that are there are Daniel Bryan uh, Danielson because he wants to be there as a professional wrestler. John Moxley because he wants to be a wrestler. Kenny Omega because he wants to wrestle. So, you know, maybe they eventually grow that. But I think that while they do have that passionate fan base, it's a good fan base to build off. of.
3: Yes, well, that's the thing. You mentioned WWE and the advantage they have. That head start, I think, and you know, Punk said back in November, the casual fan, it doesn't exist, which I don't know if I completely agree with. But from a WWE standpoint, that 30-year head start, if you grew up watching Hogan and Savage and then you stopped watching, when you're flipping through the channels and there's nothing on, you've heard of Monday Night Raw. So you're going to stop and watch it. If they're coming to town, you're like, oh, WWE, that's pretty fun. AEW comes to town, there's a chance you don't know what that is. So they have that advantage. And I think the PG thing also plays into their favor because- For me, as a father of a six-year-old, I don't have him watch a ton of wrestling, mainly because I don't want him body slamming kids in kindergarten. But if I'm going to let him watch, it's going to be more WWE stuff than it is AEW. And I personally love the AEW stuff, but like that edge... I don't know if I'm ready to introduce him to yet. Whereas WWE, you bring them out there and, you know, Roman puts the number one in the air. That's the edgiest they're going to get.
2: All right. I understand that.
1: You you keep track of this? Intergender wrestling, good. Kindergarten wrestling, bad. All right. Right, right.
2: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And by the way, if you want your kids to learn, if you want your kids to learn about, you know, by slamming a kid in kindergarten, (laughs) the WWE style is much better. Right, exactly. You're, right. you're They're safer. Yeah, you, you, yeah. You don't want the AEW style where you're falling off a freaking ladder onto chairs. Yes. You, don't, you I don't, don't want that, that Darby spot in kindergarten off
3: the desk to the chair.
2: That <laughs> doesn't work. Right. So you know that's why we <laughs> avoid that. Right, exactly. Right. You want the softer, as as uh, uh, Brian Danielson said, the softer WWE style. In yeah. Kindergarten. Yes.
3: Yeah, oh, that makes sense to me.
1: Yeah.
2: So, so yeah, so, so the, that's
3: why I think they had that advantage in their favor as well.
2: So to, to put a bow on it when, it, when we say, is AEW2 inside? Okay, well, that, that's by design, yes. It has that ECW feel of saying stuff that you're not supposed to say. But here's the thing, as Bischoff is trying to say, are you talking to the majority or just a small minority of diehard wrestling fans? See, the, the thing I don't know about this is I don't know, Gabe, who, what percentage of wrestling fans are inside and smart? 50%, 70%.
1: I mean, with the internet, I mean, the internet, I think, would drive that up just slightly above 50%. Um, but, you know, there's there's still plenty of people that aren't checking out dirt sheets or trying to figure out what the latest rumors are, and they just want to watch on Monday or Wednesday or Friday, whatever night they happen to be watching. Or if, you know, they're, they're the casual fan that might check out a pay-per-view and has, oh, I've got Peacock. I used to like wrestling. Let's go ahead and check out, you know, what? You know this WWE pay-per-view.
2: I think I found something, and I. Think and I can relate this to the, all the sports that we talk about on a daily basis. But in some ways, to me, it's kind of like that guy family that says, Oh, my favorite baseball team's in town. Let's go, let's get this load up the truck and let's just go to the baseball game, right? I'm a fan nine to five turns on their favorite sports radio station and says, Hey, did my team win today? What's going on? Okay, well, I got to get to the office. I don't know about all that, right? I think because I have friends, like in Denver, I sit are a, a lot. La- fan that hasn't watched a Cena was on top. He goes he's like, "Why are you going?" Oh, I heard they're in town. We're just gonna go check them out. I mean, I, I mean, that's what it is, right? They've become yet. They've become like the Harlem Globetrotters. You're not going to he's on top. You're just going because you just happen to know that the, the, the WWE's in town. With AEW, I think it's more the hardcore. Like, be on top, and I know it's going to be blood. I know it's going to be violence. I know they're going to shoot, and I got to go see that.
1: And I think, honestly, what I think is it's AEW fans growing it. So I think of just me and my experiences in my life. and I, and, I mean, I, I stopped watching wrestling for a bit in college. I was just way too busy. I couldn't keep up with everything. And then I got out, and I started watching more WWE and got back into it. And, like, my friends are like, why do you go? I'm like, all right, you know, I'll tell you what. Our station actually had some free tickets for a WWE pay-per-view. It was Fastlane. It was Fastlane when Goldberg was still around. And at that pay-per-view, or at the Fastlane pay-per-view before Mania, Goldberg won the title in Milwaukee. And I brought a bunch of my friends. Like, I think I had, like, eight tickets, so I brought, like, seven people. And they just had so much fun watching the wrestling. And now some of those people, I've had them over for AEW pay-per-views or Dynamite, and they absolutely just, when when you don't invest yourself into the storylines week in and week out, the AEW, while well, we just talked about it, the AEW style is certainly more dangerous, but it's also more entertaining. And they have had so much fun watching that fast pace of AEW. And, and I think it's it's going to be AEW fans bringing their casual buddies. Hey, you, we've been to a couple wrestling shows. Hey, you got to check out. They're going to, they, you know, Dynamite's going to be in town Wednesday night. Let's just go check it out. And it's AEW fans bringing their friends with them.
3: Remember, that was the whole message from the jump. Like, Tony talked about getting that lapsed fan, that fan that stopped watching wrestling. But how do you pull them back is the key right now. And, you know, maybe we'll see once the NBA and NHL postseason ends. Maybe there are enough people that see those promos like, oh, maybe I'll give that a shot. I don't watch wrestling anymore. Maybe I want to watch that. Maybe the numbers get a little bump because they've gotten a little bit of a bump since NXT left Wednesdays. And I do think NXT initially being on Wednesdays might have hurt them a little bit because, you didn't get that original jump from you know the start. But maybe there's something once the postseason ends that they get a little bump off of that because how do you take that next step without going off the thing? Because I think the minute they aren't too inside, you might lose some of this core also, and there's no guarantee of getting that casual fan.
1: All right, let's go ahead. We've talked about AEW. We move on. One of the things we like to do here on GKW, we have our three count. The other three stories that are going on that need to be talked about in the world of wrestling. Brian, what do we have as number one on the three
3: count? All right, guys. This past Sunday, WrestleMania backlash took place. What was your biggest takeaway from the night?
1: In terms of storyline, I think my biggest takeaway was, and the thing I'm probably most excited for going forward, was Rhea Ripley joining not Judgment Day, the Judgment Day. They went the opposite way of Facebook. Ah. Facebook dropped the, the the and they picked up the the over on for Judgment Day. I, I like this little stable that ah. Edge is building. It, it, it has some intrigue for me. Um, and after all, it appears that we're still going to be getting, you know, I don't know. Is there a backlash to backlash where we're going to, you know, because it looks like Seth Rollins and, oh, no. and uh, Cody Rhodes aren't quite done yet. But I'm I'm excited for Rhea Ripley because I think this is going to be the best for her character. I think this is where she had some success in NXT. And when she initially came up to the main roster and was fighting in the Thunderdome era against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania for the NXT title, like that was, I think, the best version of Rhea Ripley. And this is going to get her back to that. So that's my biggest takeaway, the thing I am most excited about coming out of Judgment Day. The Judgment Guys, Day out of the biggest backlash. Too many, too many like WWE pay-per-view <laughs> names just floating in my
2: brain. Well, just dumb. It shouldn't be WrestleMania Backlash and, and it shouldn't be the judgment day. You t- you use a pay-per-view name to build a faction. Why well, just call Bill- Great Balls of Fire? Because that worked. That got over, right? Great <laughs> balls of fire. So that that really oh, that, that definitely worked. Vince McMahon, you know, that. I got an idea. Great balls of fire, goddammit. I'm like, really? That's what you come up with? Great. Great job, Vince. They let him have that one, and then they wheeled him back. Back to his crypt. Um, my biggest takeaway is is that at, last week, we looked at WrestleMania backlash, and we didn't understand. We were dismayed by not having enough title matches. Where's the Intercontinental title? in that spot, where is the US title? Where's, where are the title matches, right? But the one thing for sure at the WWE, say what you want, you put those matches in the ring and more times than that, they're gonna deliver. That was my takeaway, like we can bitch about these cards and the storytelling and the storylines, but for the most part, move Omos and like Lashley to the side You knew what that was, right? That's nonsense. Move move Mad Cat Moss and and Happy Corbin to the side. You knew what that was, move that to the side. But for the most part, guys, it delivered. It's exactly what you wanted. Those men and women worked hard. No, it didn't make sense for the world champion not to defend the title. No, it didn't make sense for one of the singles champions to be able to show their word. But you know what though? It delivered. And Ronda Rousey had her second best match I would say since she's been in the company against Charlotte, that was her. Sec- the first one was her debut. I've never seen yeah. a debut that good. When she was a Triple H, that old thing, that was her second best match. Her first, I think, her best singles match was against Charlotte. Those are my takeaways for the most part.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's what you expected. It was a house show. Like it was good matches. It, it was what it was. I agree with Gabe. Rhea is the only thing storyline wise, but there was nothing else storyline wise. You're like, okay, I want to watch Monday. And then, like, to Gabe's point, we're going to get Cody and Rollins again. Like, we're still getting Finn and Priest. Like, we're going down the same path. Like, I don't know what that, that point is. Like, it was a my what, house what's,
2: what, what's, wrong with, what's wrong with Cody and Seth? You liked that match, didn't you? No, yeah, the match was, was great, good. But it's but 2-0. So,
3: like, what's the point? Like, why yeah. should Cody face him again?
2: I don't know if I, I need the a third st- one. What is the story
3: between those two? Cody took Seth's moment and Cody I mean, it, is there? I,
1: It made sense. Like, I think they made sense building to it where, yeah, Seth was like, hey, I want to go up against you again because I didn't get to prepare for you. You got to prepare for me. So now let me prepare and I'll show you. And then he got to prepare and still lost. So I I don't need a third one. I don't know how they're going to be able to to kind of put together a comprehensive storyline. Maybe they end up being inside Hell in a Cell. They get to be the Hell in a Cell match, especially with no Roman Reigns uh, on June 5th in Chicago. But yeah, I mean the match was really good. The match was fun. Yeah. I loved the match. I don't know if I need it again.
3: Exactly. Like, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, when we talk about WWE storytelling. Like, what from this card like has really storytelling? I guess the Edge and AJ stuff. But like, if that's not going away, and we get a third one there also, like, who cares? Like, it feels like it's shaping up to be Edge and Priest versus AJ and Finn, and that might be in a cell. But like, we've seen this stuff. We see them every single week. We see these rematches. So storyline wise, like.
2: It was a glorified house show on Sunday. It was. It we should have known, right? WrestleMania yeah. backlash in a C town like Providence, Rhode Island. That's what it is. It's a, a C town.
1: You guys uh, laugh. My, I, I no, have the no list. my favorite thing. Oh, you have a whole my, list.
2: Wow, I have the list right there.
1: my new favorite thing on GKW is Jay Hood just taking out towns. She's taking out Milwaukee. <laughs> taking out Providence. Can't wait till we C-town. get to the D
2: towns. I'm really yeah. curious what
1: the F towns are.
2: Listen, listen. Those are not my list. That's a wrestling list. Uh-huh. That's a wrestling. <laughs> oh, you, okay. All right. So, so you give me a city. I'll Tell you if it, what, what kind of town it is. Like, Chicago clearly is an A town. We get oh. forbidden door, we get hell in the cell. You know, we get all the big. So uh, clearly, we're in A town. Clearly, ask Tony Khan, ask Vince. Or, oh. All right, so give me a, give me a city. I'll tell you what town it is. Tell me, just any city.
3: What about Miami, down here in Florida? Uh that's
2: an A town. Oh, Okay, huh. that's an A town because that's an old Florida championship wrestling territory, Eddie Graham territory. So that's an A town. Wow, congratulations Uh, San Francisco, a town that's a, that's, that's Bay area, West coast, uh, San Francisco, Oakland, a town. Then how
1: come AEW is, how, how come they haven't really been out on the West coast that much? I mean, they get to Vegas obviously every year and yes, June June. 1st, they're going to be doing Los Angeles for the first time, but yeah, they, they haven't hit anywhere out there.
2: You know why? Because they've had enough uh, shows at with shitty times out west. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. What what time was Rampage? Two thirty Pacific. <laughs> I think <laughs> we had another of, one this week. Get excited! Yeah, I think we yeah, special excited. start time. That's why. Uh, thank God for social media. I forgot what time Rampage. Four thirty <laughs> Central. I'm like, oh, oh, there's Rampage. That's right. Let me turn this on. Like, yeah, That's why. Like, because the time. You give me a city, I'll tell you what time. But it's not me, Gabe. I know you think I'm taking shots. It's not me. Oh, no. It's not me. You, you would never. No, 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 I would never do that. Milwaukee, B-town. But but, uh, but I, you know, I mean, it's, it's like West Palm, C-town. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's on <laughs> the way. That one, yeah. It is. It's a C-town. I understand. Like, it's on the way, right? It's a, it's a house show you know half the card you know you don't uh, even get yeah. like a you don't even get the main you don't even get a champion in there you yeah, know we like get
3: nxt we've gotten ring of honor before that's the extent of it that's it that's all you get <laughs> that's
2: all oshkosh c-town oh wow i'm surprised oshkosh is even a c-town yeah, C- yeah c-town sure I'm absolutely so, so it's not my list it's wrestling's list it's not mine <laughs> good to know so you so you were saying about backlash.
1: Yeah, so back when, I mean <laughs> talking about a C pay-per-view. But
2: yeah. The thing
1: the thing about house shows though, you know, if to call it a glorified house show, like house shows are fun. I enjoy going to house shows because I don't get the commercial breaks. Like going to sure. a WWE live event, you got promo segment, match, promo segment, commercial, promo segment. Like it's just straight wrestling. You know, that's what I love about house shows is you get a lot of fun matchups. And that's what this was. As Jay Hood mentioned, you kind of throw two of those aside. But to have four of the six matches really step up and deliver and be as fun as they were. um, You know, so it was a fun night to watch wrestling. I don't know how much it pushed things forward because, well, I I think this kind of ties into something else we're going to talk about in the three count. The world revolves around Roman Reigns. And maybe Roman Reigns isn't going to be there to be revolved around. As much as maybe he should be as the unified champion in WWE, Brian.
3: What a great transition. Number two, Dave Meltzer reporting that Reigns will reportedly be taking (laughs) 10 weeks off over the next couple of months. So, guys, should he drop the title before he leaves?
1: I I mean I don't know if these are going to be 10 consecutive weeks. I mean, I've seen the Meltzer stuff, I've seen where the new contract, because this all started. Um, I I don't know if it was over the weekend uh, or a couple weekends ago where Roman Reigns got on a mic on a host show and said, hey – I'm going to be entering a new phase in my career. Don't know, you know, if I'll be here. You guys have been great and this was all of course captured and then placed on social media. So that got everybody speculating. Oh, is he going to be joining his cousin Dwayne Johnson? Is he going to be out there in Hollywood the rock making movies? What's he going to be doing? What's this next step? Well, apparently this next step is a contract that calls for less dates and is more of a Brock Lesnar type of schedule. And WWE's done it plenty of times where Brock has had the belt, disappears for a while, but the problem is He's the champ on both shows. Like they've painted themselves into this terrible corner where if he just disappears, I mean, he's not going to be, we know, because we've seen the poster now, the redesigned poster for hell in a cell in Chicago, June 5th. He ain't going to be at hell in a cell. So the championship isn't going to be defended there. Then they've got like three consecutive stadium shows between SummerSlam and money in the bank and a big house show, not a house show, but a big show overseas. So, He'll be at those because he needs to be. Those are their big ones, and and they need Roman to sell tickets for those. But to be the double champ and to disappear for a long period of time, that to me seems very troublesome because I I feel like one show you can kind of get by with it, but I don't think you can do it for both shows.
3: And also, before you answer, just to Gabe's point about paint in the Corner, pay-per-view schedule, June 5th, Hell in a Cell, July 2nd, Money in the Bank, July 30th is SummerSlam and then there's nothing in August. So if those 10 weeks are coming now, that's three pay-per-views with two of them sort of being marquee ones over the next couple months.
2: And just as an aside, guys, with Money in the Bank, I understand that there's new rules to this. If you get the Money in the Bank, you can't cash it in until WrestleMania. Did you hear about this? Well, Is it I saw, until? So I until saw, WrestleMania.
1: I saw the promo where Cody said that, but I guess it hasn't really been like explained outside of the promo. <laughs>
2: right unless he got that wrong but then why would you air that (laughs) he said they they, said it it was played twice like it was like yeah if if i get if i get money in the bank i'll cash it in i can only cash it at wrestlemania which has never been the case the 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 the, the thing with money in the bank is is that you want to cash it anytime raw smackdown that's the fun of it right you had the briefcase you carried around it's almost like a rib on the wrestler carrying a a (laughs) briefcase around all over the country that says money in the bank on it, but I mean, so but I understand that's what Cody said. Who knows if they change their mind? But that's I mean, what was said.
1: If if it becomes a Royal Rumble type of prize where you get to be in one of the main events of WrestleMania, that kind of ruins the Rumble, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if somebody if somebody from SmackDown wins the Money in the Bank briefcase, well now I know someone from Raw is probably going to end up winning the Royal Rumble, and that kind of cuts the the possibilities of who's going to win that in half.
2: You know, Cody has his own way of saying stuff that's not right. <laughs> like, so maybe he, maybe he's a little rusty. I mean, he's still calling stuff the belt and squared circle and using those you know wrestling ter- wrestling terms that WWE doesn't use. Who knows? Maybe you might be screwed up on that, but maybe and, it's I part mean, of his character,
3: though. Like, he wants Mania yeah. to be his moment, and like the promo was him cutting it. I don't
2: know. But but to answer the question about Roman Reigns, uh, yes, Brian, he should. The time honor tradition is. Like if you're going away for ten weeks, you should drop the title. Yeah. But we this is the theme of the show, storyline, right? You you put a you put you, you put two championships on Roman Reigns, and I's just going to walk away, right? See this it, see I wouldn't mind it if I knew what the top ten was, right? Say Roman's away, what's the number one draw without him? Randy Orton, RK Bro, yeah. uh, like the Usos, like see that's the problem with this company. We, we said it a few weeks ago on the show. So if if Roman beats Brock, then what's next? And they still haven't answered that yet. Because and now don't Roman's think beat Brock. Know. I don't think they think through that stuff. To so Like we talked about last week with the tag
3: titles. They're like, oh, let's unify the tag titles. It's a great build up. And they're like, wait, we shouldn't build those up. Like we shouldn't unify them. Then we lose a tag chance. Like, all right, six man. Like, I don't know how far in advance
2: they think. Which is the issue right now. Well, that's That's because that's what got WCW closed when you don't know week (laughs) to week what you're doing.
1: Well, that's because and and I I feel like they've said this publicly. They're in they're in the business of making moments. And the moment it was a great moment for Roman to win both titles at WrestleMania. But now you got to plan the next moment. That kind of (laughs) becomes the issue. You got to figure out what's next. And if him being off for a bunch of weeks is what's next. Like I feel like SmackDown has been a repeat for the last six weeks, and yeah. it's not going to be getting any better if you don't have the main attraction from that show. I mean, SmackDown's already losing Charlotte Flair. I'm assuming Charlotte Flair yeah. is going to be gone. I mean, I guess storyline-wise, that's another thing that came out of Backlash was her breaking her arm with the chair and the arm lock that, that Ron Rousey put on her. So that, to me, Charlotte Flair's going to be taking some time off, which is fine. But now you're probably you arguably two biggest st- two of your three biggest stars on SmackDown aren't going to be there, and oh by the way, one of them's taking the championship with him. Like that, I, I I just don't know what to do with SmackDown right now.
3: And is Ronda considered full time? Do we know that she's going to be there every week? I, I assume so. She's been she has been since her return.
1: So I'm assuming she's been doing a she house show. Yeah. Okay. All
3: right. So yeah. But, like, from the SmackDown standpoint, like, we talked about it after it happened. Like, Nakamura, like, we were sort of excited about that. And then super kicks laid him out for a month. And they're like, hey, by the way, like, we didn't forget. And now he's with Sammy, Like, so, like, they sort of went back to that. But, like, even if you have him drop just one, like, it needs to be a special moment when he drops that title. It's been, what, over 600 days he's been the champion. Have him drop one of them because otherwise... Why are you watching these pay per views unless they're banking on the fact that Money in the Bank is in a main event in July and then SummerSlam? Hopefully, you dust him off for it.
2: I would not have a problem with this if I knew that the Intercontinental Championship or the U.S. Championship was defended and that's your number one contender and you just got, and you're building up baby faces or heels. You're sure. building up a roster of contenders to take on Roman for either championship. But you're not doing that though. Everyone is kind of like at the same plane. Everyone's at the same plane. You you didn't do anything in WrestleMania for the U.S. or the Intercontinental Championship, so now they're just wrestlers. It's Roman and everybody else. That that's what it is.
3: Well, yeah, and I we mean, finally I see it.
2: Yeah, we you finally see with get a theory like they're building him yes. up,
3: and like there's something there, but like we've seen this story before. They're building him up to get to WrestleMania to get squashed by some guy we haven't seen in t- ten years. Like, there's going to be some legend that comes and squashes Theory. That is what he's being built up to. Like, I have no confidence that they're building him up to potentially main event mania.
1: Well, they used Theory this week, Theory in the U.S. Championship on Monday Night Raw, to go back to Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins.
3: <laughs> right.
1: Like, that didn't do anything for the U.S. title. Nothing. Just built it up to kind of go and swerve into a different direction. <laughs> like, they, that's the problem. Like, if I, if I felt comfortable of, like Jay Hood said, I think... You can get away with him being gone and probably having both belts and being gone if you're able to rely on storytelling and build it up. But that's the problem. Nobody trusts, like, I don't trust WWE storytelling to be able to operate without the championships. And that's the other thing. Like, I am suspending dis- my belief and diving in. Like we said, like, this is just a TV show, like The Sopranos, The Wire, Game of Thrones, all those other things. Yeah. And the belief here is that these people have chosen a life of fighting. And ultimately, I mean, and every other promotion, whether we're talking about UFC, uh, Bellator, boxing, like the top of that is winning championships in your weight class or winning the overall championship. And if you are a company that is building on fighting and you don't have championships to fight for, then what are we doing here?
3: Yeah, I think that's a perfect example. Like when you think of boxing, like, yes, Mike Tyson as heavyweight champion, like, that's the pinnacle. But, like, in boxing, we see other belts get the shine also. Like, Floyd is going to main event as, you know, a middleweight, a lightweight, whatever he is. If we had confidence that the U.S. title, the IC title could main event, I'll be honest with you. I couldn't tell you right now who the IC champ is. Like, I can't remember. Like, theory I remember because of Sunday is, or because of Monday is the U.S. champ. But who's the IC champ right now?
2: It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, the guy from Kentucky. The brother from Kentucky. What's his name? Uh, Ricochet. Oh yeah, oh, oh, okay. that's
3: right. It's Ricochet. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what was the last time we saw him do anything? Congrats to him, I guess.
2: Like so, like that's, we're not Hey Nigel, that's good. That's good analysis. The brother from Kentucky. What's his name? That's solid analysis. Oh, I think we found our promo for the week.
1: <laughs> Who's What's the, the IC champ? The brother from Kentucky. Oh, okay. You made it very clear. What's the- I can't but that's sad, though.
2: That's it's super sad. sad.
1: Well, it's super sad because Ricochet's really damn good. Yeah, like, I really like watching Ricochet. And I can't remember that he's the Intercontinental Champion because he hasn't been featured on SmackDown for seven weeks. My so goodness. that is
3: my point. Like, we won't see Ricochet main eventing SummerSlam because they don't have a world champion. Like, that's disappointing.
2: Yeah. So, I mean... The, the tradition is, if you're going to go away, drop the championship. And they're not going to do that because they boxed themselves in the corner, as you guys said, with with Brock Lesnar. The next obvious guy would be Drew McIntyre because Reigns and McIntyre have been doing the loop. They've been all over the house shows. What's wrong with McIntyre finally being a champion in front of fans, actually for the first time? Don't right? you, you have to say that for Europe and that moment?
3: Like, if we're going to talk about moments, you let him win it wherever they are in Europe, in that stadium show.
2: Uh, yeah. yeah. Drew needs an opponent to get that done. Right. Roman is around. So, like, <laughs> Roman's got to yeah. be around for that. I I'm, mean, I'm honestly, really, the yeah. only
3: person that makes sense to win the title is Brock. And that's sad. That's like, sad. that doesn't do anything for me, but that's the only thing that sort of makes sense. So, oh, man. Yeah, because I can't even – I mean –
1: as much as I want to say you could you could make it make sense for Cody, maybe, but like that just seems too quick, right? Like you know that's a long term story you want to tell of his pursuit. You you made that very clear with his first part of him on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, but it just seems way too soon.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, Drew's I mean, the only one. The only thing they have going for him is Hell in a Cell to J. hoods point is in an A town and is in Chicago. So you know you can justify a moment
2: there. I, I know before you guys text me or ask me, no, I'm not going to hell in the cell. <laughs> what? No, I'm not going. I'm not going, even though it's in my own backyard. No, because I because you guys saw the poster. Cody is funny. Cody's front facing on the poster, like oh, the AEW guy is front facing <laughs> the poster without Roman. Like okay, then I'm not going. <laughs> like, like hey, who's what? What's the draw? Cody versus Rollins to see who Again. wins. Meaningless match. Another case so, match with no blood in the WWE. Great.
1: Let's play this out. If Rollins wins, I mean, Hell in the Cell is as blow off as it gets, right? Like, hell yeah. in this, like, that is the biggest blow off match that WWE can do. If Seth wins, that's the equivalent to somebody winning twice in the regular season then losing that same team in the playoffs in the NFL, right? <laughs>
3: yes. Yes.
1: Yes. yes. I mean, so, yeah, hey, congrats on your regular season wins. You, you right. lost when it really <laughs> mattered.
2: That's, and then you uh, cut the legs
3: out from Cody. And then if Cody goes 3-0, then Rollins is completely – his legs are cut out. So, like, again, booking themselves in a the corner, someone's got no momentum behind them after that match. That's right. Yeah, Way the, to go, is, guys. Yeah, I mean, for AEW
1: storytelling, I like how they avoid rematches as much as they have. Now, that's to say they that they don't do them because they certainly have but I think they avoid them better than than WWE has, where we end up, again, I mean, in the heyday of this, we saw Cena versus Orton for five straight pay-per-views. So um, what else do we have this week on the three count, Brian?
3: All right, guys, in AEW, the Owen Hart Memorial Tournament got started last night on Dynamite. Next Wednesday, we will see both Jokers taking on Samoa Joe on the men's side, Britt Baker on the women's side. So guys, who do you want to see as the Jokers in the Owen Hart Tournament?
1: First of all... Big shout-out to the main event of AEW last night. It's not my favorite match of the week, which we'll get into in here a little bit, because I don't think it was, like, a match. Like, it was just <laughs> stunt after stunt with with Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy. Like, how old is Jeff? Jeff's, like, what, 43, 44, 45 yeah. years old now? Like, why is, why is he doing these things still? Like, why – why is he – I mean, you can do some of them, sure. Did he need to do all of them? Probably not. Was it wildly entertaining? I appreciate it. But I also want to see, you know, your body not completely crumpled up, Jeff Hardy, who ended up getting the win last night. But it was it was a wild, uh, wild start to the, uh, the Owen Hart tournament on the men's side. Um, so big shout-out for that. For the women, I don't know who it's going to be. But I, I don't think it's going to be anybody big because I don't think it can be. Because I highly doubt that one of the main stars that they have in Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, um, I just don't see her losing in the opening round of this tournament, right? Like, so I don't see, like, a big surprise joker and then beating her because ultimately what I think we're building towards is her versus Ruby Soho in the final at the pay-per-view for double or nothing. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're building towards. So for the women's side, I mean – you know, is it do, do we see Riho out there? Do you throw Ty Conti out there? Like, I don't know who you put out there because me to me, you're just feeding them to Dr. Britt Baker DMD.
2: Um, so what if it's someone on a current roster on a in a company? What about hardcore country? Hmm. I mean, are they, what about Ms., Mrs. Aldous.
1: So are, so are these companies going to continue to just, we talked about this with, with Impact and having W. Morrissey <laughs> show up. Uh, you know, yeah. companies are just going to be completely cool with sending some of their stars over just to be fed to – now, I, I think, again, I think they got – as short of a match as it was, I think they got some offense in for Morrissey, so it wasn't a complete waste of time um, mm-hmm. against Wardlow. But are these companies just completely cool with getting the bump and rub whatever they can off of the AEW audience?
2: By sending well, that person she, over there to lose well she was at the royal rumble right yeah. yeah Didn't she wrestle the royal rumble okay so if you're looking for name recognition that's what i came up with but realistically it could be athena like i don't yeah. know if that's what you, i don't know if you want that i mean like as a surprise i guess if you want a wild card or a um uh a wrestler to come in that's going to lose you can give it to athena all right. It could be someone like that that's a free agent that's available. But I'm thinking that they want star power or someone that used to be in the WWE. Can I give you to deal Dashwood? Does that make sense? Yeah,
3: I think I mean, it has to deliver. Like, I don't think she does it. Like, it has to be someone like, oh, it's because to Gage's point, I think Britt does lose. I think this tournament can be an opportunity to build up other stars in the women's division. Britt can play up the angles like, oh, I didn't know who it was going to be. Like, to me, like Candice LeRae. I know that goes back to our point about being too inside, but if you get her out there, I don't think she had a non-compete because her contract just ended, and then you get her versus Tony Storm in the next round, and you just
2: do things that way. Yeah, so man, what I, so do you want the Joker to be a, a name recognition or do you want the Joker to lose? What do you what do you want? Because I give you a name that's gonna blow your hair back. Hit me. You want <laughs> Tessa Blanchard <laughs>
1: boy, say so, now, Contr- no.
2: controversial. Yes. Now, very
1: controversial. Um, right? but that's, I mean, that's a name that would certainly get everybody's attention. Yes. And but so, it, again, I, that would prove my theory wrong. If Tessa Blanchard shows up, she ain't losing. No, and she's going over Britt Baker. You know, right. she, that, that's just the way that would have to be. Um, I guess I just kind of see the the different stories. Like it makes sense of what they've been building towards that Tony Storm would be next for Britt Baker. And then Ruby Soho, they've had some interactions there. So that's why I I just kind of looked at the bracket and go, okay, here's what they're building towards because I think Britt Baker and a Ruby Soho match at the pay-per-view would be worthy of one of the four pay-per-views that AEW does every year. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to go for the shock value, that being said, so the list I have here, here are the past wild cards. Or jokers that AEW has done for either the Battle Royals, what have you. So we've seen Matt Seidel, the former Evan Bourne. We've seen Mercedes Martinez on the women's side. Mm -hmm. Leo Rush. The one tag team that they did was John Silver and Alex Reynolds from uh, The Dark Order. Ruby Soho was the latest one for the women at uh, All Out. And then Hangman Adam Page was the first one. And he won at the first double or nothing pay-per-view. So it's kind of a mixed bag of, you know, like, okay, some name recognition, some, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag of what they've done with this spot. In, in I
3: wouldn't go with mixed instances. bag though. I'd say it's majority of not huge names. Like that, that first, my bubble, like I'm thinking big, like I'm thinking yeah. of these big names. When you list it like that, it's like, Oh, like these are, you know, mid carters like no offense to those I guys and girls that. but like that's what it is
1: ruby so, was probably the biggest one in terms of yes. outside the company yeah. ruby was the biggest one
2: so so we're saying it's gonna be odb that we're saying right <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. so,
1: like i could I see mean, i could see them doing something like rebel you know like yeah baker's been like oh hey i've been absolutely screwed i don't even know and then it's rebel and rebel just lays down and and brit baker gets the win.
3: Or that could be fun, like Rebel. That starts the breaking up of that group and that trio. Sure. And like Rebel doesn't just lay down and they put on a match and do it that way.
2: Yeah. If, if the Joker is supposed to lose, then you throw whoever you want to throw out there. But if you want to be like have some shock and awe, you throw out like a Gail Kim, someone that can have a five star sure. match. Like if, if. But I don't know what they want in that spot. I can. There's plenty of free agent women that can give you a good match. I mm-hmm. mean, better than with in AEW now. Yes. Free agent women, right? Like. Some that haven't been, even been on major TV in five years, but I don't know what they want in that situation.
1: I could, I could see. I wanted to go back briefly to your Mickey James point. I could see yeah. her going. I could see her doing it just to say that, hey, I've been on a, I've been on WWE, I've been on AEW, I've done this, like, and being on as many shows as she has been on, I can see that being a feather in her cap at this point in her career. So that certainly would be a possibility for me.
3: But why not take advantage of the opportunity to build someone to like your point, hood, like Ategan Knox. Like she comes in, she's not a huge oh, name. Yeah. She's a wrestling name. She put on a great match. She beats Brit her first night there. Like that's a big deal. Right. To me, the so to me, the men's side
1: is a little bit more interesting, just because I think there are some potential free agents. I think there are sure. some in-house people that could be exciting. Like my first pick on the men's side just because I think it would be a fun match, would be Miro. We haven't seen Miro in a long time. No. And if we get Miro versus Samoa Joe, like big meaty men slapping meat, yes, sign <laughs> me up.
2: So uh, why can't it be Bray Wyatt? Money. Oh, I understand. Oh, well, Tony's got it. Or at least his dad's got it. <laughs> well, somebody in the <laughs> cod has it. Someone in the <laughs> cod family has it. So, uh, I mean, if we want to go for the start, but Miro sounds like, because we haven't seen him for a while, that I would agree with you. That sounds obvious. And when Miro comes back, just like we saw him before, it feels fresh. Yeah. He was a joke when he first came in. He was miscast. I didn't get it. I the know we're man. In the, we were in, yeah. the, in the middle of pandemic, so it's almost, some of that stuff's kind of hazy for me. It's like, you were out there, but you weren't really out there. <laughs> like, okay, I could, I could forgive you, all right? But that mirror that we just saw recently, that guy's a monster. Oh. That guy could be on the top of the card. Believable. Yeah. And maybe he's. He was, maybe he'll be that way again. Yeah, yeah I got va- The go God's favorite champ favorite. character was awesome. That was yeah. so much fun. Yes. yes.
3: Yes. I mean, the other one I'll throw out. I know the reports are that he's hard to find right now. Is Cesaro? Like Cesaro and Joe. We'll give them twenty minutes. I'm good to go on Wednesday. Then. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah, man. if if, if it's Cesaro. I think you can pencil in what my match of the week is going to be. Yes. Like, we'll just put it that way if it ends up being Cesaro.
3: And the uh, other what one a- I'll throw out just if they stay in-house. like It feels like they're building towards something. What about Jungle Boy? I know he had a shot to qualify, but like you know, he seemed frustrated by the loss last night. Like You throw him in, and he goes on a run and see what that leads to.
1: Yeah, it's interesting oh. what they're doing with their four pillars, right? So y- y- we just saw two of the pillars had opportunities to qualify – And both failed to do so. Well, well, I shouldn't say failed to do so because Darby Allen did qualify. But then Darby Allen lost right away. Uh, Jungle Boy failed to qualify and is kind of on a singles losing streak. And they seem to be angling towards a Christian breakup with the Jurassic Express. Um, I mean, I'm always for more Jungle Boy. I think he's fantastic in the ring. And there's still a lot more growth that needs to happen there. So I'd be all for that.
2: Uh, I like i uh, have been seeing Jungle Boy really grow before our very eyes. Here's a guy here, Mark Henry. I could say it. I guess he won't mind me saying it. Mark Henry would tell me, "God, a lot of connections. Some things I'm not supposed to say. I'll say it anyway because it's GKW. I'll say it." Um, yeah. Th- there was times where Jungle Boy would hide during promos, promo time. Anyone seen? Anyone seen Jack Perry? Anyone seen Jungle Boy? And he would never. You couldn't find him, right? Because he was so. Definitely afraid of promos. He didn't mind the in-ring, obviously, because he's very talented. But he didn't want to do promos, and they've worked with him. And now, when he speaks, I pay attention. It's a little George Bushy, actually. You know the way he speaks. It's a little talk, kind of speaks off the side of his face like this. You know, like it. But it's good though. Um, I like. There's confidence when he speaks, and yeah. I believe him when he speaks. So I just like the the maturation of him. I think he's been really, really growing before our very eyes.
3: And I think also, like, you know, I said let him win. Like, I think him losing adds to the storyline. Like, him getting frustrated yeah. and, you know, Christian being disappointed in him. And, like, him and Joe would put on a great match.
2: The, the turn's happening with Christian. We're just waiting yeah. for it. It's slow, but it's going to happen. Yep. It's
1: a nice little slow burn. Um, yeah, it is. So so are we saying, are you guys saying inside the company or outside the company for the Joker and the men's side?
2: Uh, I'll say inside the company. I agree with you with Miro. I, yeah. I think inside
3: as well.
1: It's just because they just, at some point, this roster, especially on the men's right. side, has to stop growing, right? Like yeah. it just can't keep expanding. It just there's there's too much. They only have three yeah. hours every week. Right. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Just Samoa Joe is one of my favorites. I love watching him perform, and I think yeah. whoever they end up pairing him with, it should be a fun match next Wednesday night on Dynamite. Speaking of fun matches, let's go ahead and dive into it. The last thing we do on GKW, our favorite match of the week. Brian, what was your favorite match from the past seven days?
3: So I'm going to go with Adam Cole and Dax. I thought that was really fun, but I'm going to cheat a little also because I think what I liked more than that wasn't really a match. The MJF stuff last night. Like, the dark side of the ring promo, <laughs> the way he's talking to the crowd, the way he's talking about 2024 and his buddy Cody. Like, God. MJF is so damn good. To me, like, that was the highlight of last night. And it was a good dynamite. But, like, that whole interaction, every part of that, like, MJF, bravo.
1: I love – and I, by the way, I love how AEW will lean into certain people. Like, CM Punk's a babyface. But in Long Island, he ain't a baby face. He is a heel, right? So they lean into that. MJF is the heeliest of heels in all of pro wrestling right now. But in Long Island, dude is the biggest baby face, and they lean into it. It just makes it more fun.
2: It's the way it's supposed to be, right? I mean, you're on Long Island. You're in your hometown. People are supposed to love you. Uh, and it works, right? And he, and by the way, it's he's still – he, he comes across as a babyface. He leans into the crowd like, like old school vintage Jericho did back in the day. Like, he, he loves it, man. And I love that crowd in Long Island, too. It's great. It's like, they love wrestling. They love wrestling forever. But when AEW comes in, they have drawn very, very well. And because of those crowds, they are, I think it's August, they're going to go to uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium.
0: Yeah, last time it was, it was
2: it was 20,000. It was sold out at Arthur Ashe. They're going to try it again apparently in August. So they're going to go back to New York again. So I, I'm just going to go with uh, the first match that I saw on Dynamite as well. I was going to give it to something on Raw. Like I just, but I just think that Cole and, and Harwood, I thought, had a great first round Owen Hart match. Um, and you know what? Adam Cole kind of got away from just being doing all the histrionics. You did it early. But he really got he was really concentrating in the match with Dax. They're trying to accomplish something. And um I love these matches because we're, we're not seeing a lot of nonsense. We're seeing some really good wrestling. That you knew Dax wasn't gonna get over, but you know he's gonna give a great effort. He, you know what? He's believable as a single. He does yeah. remind me of Arn Anderson in a lot of ways. He could he could be like old-school television champion from back in the day that goes territory to territory. And for a guy who's a tag team wrestler, his single stuff is really solid. And I think that he wrestled well against Adam Cole.
1: Yeah, and they told the story. You know, the rib cage thing and then the figure four, they told that. Much like I think on, on Sunday, they, you know, with the way Edge went after the shoulder of AJ Styles, I really appreciated that. But for me, like the most fun thing I think I saw uh, this past week, here's the six-man tag. Like, that thing was action-packed. It was quick. It was quickly paced. It was so much fun. Roman doing the heel thing where he tags himself in, tags himself out, says, no, you don't get what you want. I go in when I want. And I didn't even see, like, at first I thought they botched the ending because Roman comes in with the spear. I did not see the blind tag. Like, I missed that the first time around. So, like, the attention to detail in that match while I was like, okay, this is, it, it was a house show main event. Six man tag, yeah. it was super fun. It was a lot of fun, and it delivered in terms of being an in ring match. It was super fun, it, it, I think it accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. And in terms of just pure wrestling match, it was the most fun I had watching a match this past week.
2: Yeah, it would got you got everything in that match except for Paul Heyman ripping his jacket off trying to get into the ring. The house <laughs> show, Paul Heyman trying to wrestle, yes, trying to. I've seen that a couple times too. <laughs> so, you got so it was a house show all the way up to that point. You didn't see Paul do that. But no, that was a fantastic six man And again, we saw it on paper. All three of us are like, "As much this card isn't much, but leave it to the men and women. Once it's in the ring, it's pretty. It, for the most part, it's always going to be solid. For the most part, and yeah. it was. There's so much talent. Um, you mentioned Paul
1: Heyman. So quickly, what happens to Paul when Roman's gone?
2: Uh, he manages the Usos. Okay. But they're
3: just a tag team. Then they're not main eventing. They're not a marquee storyline. They're a tag team. You know, we know how
2: Vince thinks about tag teams.
3: Like, yeah, are they project. big enough on their own?
2: Uh, well, yeah, I would say so. But I mean, you just can't just push Paul to the back. I mean, he's got stuff to say, right? I mean, yeah, he's one of the more I mean, entertaining people in WWE still. I was gonna make a smart ass comment and say, well, Paul, you know, with Roman gone, he just goes back to manage Joe Hennig. Just to go back and man- remember that for a little bit, right? You call it- kid for like you want know, two months, whatever. Did he manage Cesaro? Or <laughs> he did, did, he did yeah. he- okay. right after, after he Cesaro. Won. On. Right. Yep, yeah. So, I mean, I- Never worked he should down. be managed, he should be managing other people, and they just they don't do that with him. That's unfortunate because he means so much. He's such the glue back there, not just for Roman. He He speaks to a lot of wrestlers and helps them out. The announcers, too, he's a glue guy. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, before we leave, I do want to mention um, because with New Japan Pro Wrestling, they've got their big match or their, their big show uh, coming up later this summer with AEW, but they've got a pretty good uh, card coming up. Capital Collision in DC on Saturday night. Uh, you have Eddie, and there's a lot of AEW crossover here. Eddie Kingston versus Ishii. Uh, you have Suzuki versus Brody King, Brody King, an AEW wrestler. You have Chaos featuring Okada and Trent Beretta, AEW guy, versus the Bullet Club. And then uh, the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship is going to be a four-way match with Tanahashi, who's the current champ, Mox, Juice Robinson, and Will Ospreay. I think that's going to be a fun card. If you could check it out Saturday night, I would certainly recommend that, among with all the other wrestling that there is to consume.
2: Oh, you know what that means, Brian. We got to watch it. All right. I mean, if Gabe suggested it, that it's going to be on GKW <laughs> I mean, next Thursday. Are, are
1: you telling All me right. you're not looking forward to Mox versus Juice versus Osprey versus Tanahashi? Like, that's going to be as, a fun match.
2: As long as I can watch it and it won't be, you know, bad video like I heard it was in <laughs> Chicago. As long as I can watch it when the audio and the video matches up, I'll be there. I'll watch All right. It. I will say on
3: the Fight app, if you order 17 shows a weekend like I did Mania, you get credits for stuff, so maybe (laughs) New Japan this weekend.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. We'll have to wait and
2: see. (laughs) He's getting, like, backwoods Arkansas (laughs) stuff. (laughs) They're all intergenerational wrestling, all of them. Oh, well, all of course. Inter-gender matches. Only <laughs>
1: intergenerational wrestling. That's that's all that Brian's going to pay for. Come on now, dude.
2: Did you <laughs> yeah. see Athena against Worm Scott? It was the it was awesome. It was no, yes, <laughs> like in like rural Iowa. Oh, Hi, to wrestling. Hi, everybody, and welcome. Like what? Like it's a, the fight app is bizarre. Like it's everywhere. It's wrestling everywhere. Yes. Every back, every barn every you know every every basement every attic where you can put a rig in every backyard it's like what they've got am it I all watching God.
1: of course plenty of other things to pay attention we'll recap it all we'll be back here next week with another episode of GKW